what do you get the man who has everything mike clean gutters he clean that's as, what you get clean as gutters that's right A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And on this week's show, Thor gets a roommate yeah. during Civil War. Mm-hmm. Justice League Dark comes to the light. Oh, okay, nice. The Russians enlist their own guardians. Ooh. And more. And more. Yeah, so I, I believe we kind of, uh, we always start out the episodes that we believe are going to be short by by letting everybody know that the, the news is a little slow this week, but I feel like it's a moot point because we always seem to make it to our hour mm-hmm. mark or our goal, so... We're, this is gonna be this is gonna be a little bit more of a challenge today, so you can definitely tell if we're gonna be uh, um, riffing and raffing a little bit more than usual today. We, we we might we might be going off book, Mike, at some point. <laughs> he, he you might have a steamed broccoli that are, that isn't planned and we <laughs> don't know about. I'll have to whip something up, but I think this this is a good time to do it though to have some extra time to talk because you actually went to something really really cool yesterday that I didn't even know was coming to uh, your area, and it's actually something yeah. I've wanted to go to. For for a long time so i've been kind of holding off asking you about it so you could tell me about it over the mic oh yeah so yesterday um down in louisville kentucky on the ohio river uh across the bank from indiana nowhere near ohio which is what i'm trying to tell you here <laughs> um is was the red bull uh flug talk um event and um <coughs> we got lucky enough i i went my wife her uh sister and then her husband dylan you met them at my wedding <sighs> Mm-hmm. And then an- another guy, um, one of Dylan's friends, Matt, uh, we all went over there and we were probably, I don't know, 15 feet from the water so, the whole time. So just to uh, let everybody know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the yeah, Flug Tog is uh, an event thrown by Red Bull where people create their own human power gliding machines. I guess technically mm-hmm. they're supposed to be flying machines, but the videos I've seen, they're all just like gracefully falling. It's who can fall the slowest. Yeah, who can fall the farthest, really. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can go slow straight down, but they they judge you based... There's there's three judging criteria. Um, mm-hmm. I think distance is one. Okay. Pre- presentation is Aw- the other. Awesome. And then I think creativity is the last one. Oh, that's cool. And it's all about put. You're, they kind of manufacture a ledge that they can push themselves off of, right? Yeah, it's this. Uh, it's a big. They they there's a ramp that goes up and then it levels out, and I think they get like I don't know maybe thirty foot of run space to push their glider or or flying vehicle that's on mm-hmm. a cart off the ledge. The cart can fall and they can fly, and everything has to weigh under four hundred pounds, oh, okay. including the, the rider. Oh, cool. So we found that out uh, yesterday. They have, uh, they have about 34, I think there was 34 people nice. crashing into the Ohio River. <laughs> At one point, um, it started pouring rain. Oh, like, wow. Ridiculous pouring. So we had to go back, huddle up under the interstate, and then go back. And uh, we were still pretty <laughs> close. But after that rain, it, it mellowed out. But I, there's a lot of Red Bull going on there. Nice. <laughs> um, and so on and so forth. My favorite, well, I wouldn't say my favorite one, but the coolest one is there was a Mad Max themed. Oh, flyer. awesome. And it actually won. It got the second farthest in distance, but it got the best uh, 
points from the judges. Yeah, so that, that was really cool. Because if I remember the videos I've seen online of the event, you get like a, the whole gamut of people running across those categories. Like you get like these things that look like they're not gonna go more than two feet off the ramp, but they look really cool. Mm-hmm. Or you'll get like somebody that obviously went to like an engineering school trying to actually manufacture something that'll make it as far as it can. So I think that's really cool. So it sounds like someone kind of in the middle uh, won with uh, those yeah, stats. Yeah, it was, it was actually it was designed more from an engineering standpoint. I think they were engineers, mm-hmm. but uh, they went with the Mad Max theme. Uh, the that the local engineers, the local college engineers, mm-hmm. actually went the the least farthest. <laughs> Their their glider went off the edge and like rolled back under. Oh like no, eighteen feet. Yeah, it went negative. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, but it was definitely interesting. A lot of people, like you said, don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, they one of the people created a hot dog machine. <laughs> um, it was the oh man, I I forget what it, the name of it was called, but it was something worst, something mm-hmm. worst, and it was it was pretty odd. Oh, oh the Hinden worst, the Hinden worst. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was fun. It's, it's a good time to go. Um, it, it, my recommendation is if you can get somewhere near us, they they film it. So like if there's like a they have screens up, kind of like mm-hmm. at a concert. Watch the screens more so than getting close to the actual yeah uh, event because they're up on this ramp, like maybe I don't know thirty feet in the air or more, and you can't see them doing their little show up there. If you're close, you just see them falling off. Yeah, I feel so. like I feel like that's advice for a lot of things in general. Like uh, if you go to like some sort of big professional uh, sports game, whether you know it's like basketball or football or something like that. Yeah, if you're if you kind of got cheap seats, you're gonna be looking at a jumbotron the whole time, which kind of makes you feel silly after a while because it's just like, oh, I feel I just I just paid to watch a, a TV with a bunch of people right now, which is kind of what it feels like. Or um, uh, the same experience when you go to um, any comic book convention that has really, really big halls, especially at Comic-Con. There's a lot of ballrooms there that pack tons of people in there. And you you kind of have this decision where you're just like, okay, are we going to work as hard as we can to get as close to the stage as possible? Or why don't we just hang back here in the back of the room where we just have these awesome seats in front of one of these big screens? I mean, you're still going to get the awesome vibe from everybody in the room cheering, but at least you'll be able to enjoy what you're watching. So yeah, it's kind of that weird, like you got to make a decision, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. get close to the action or get close to the content. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, uh, definitely fun. And then afterwards we, we had like not quite dinner, but not quite lunch at Joe's crab shack. So that, that Oh a, wow. Joe's crab shack. Might, it's, it's legit. It might be a chain, but I hear it's pretty legit. Yeah. You don't get a lot of seafood in the middle of the United States. Um, <laughs> That's actually tastes fresh, and and I trust they're fresh. Like they they have pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was it, and um, yeah, all in all, I mean that was that was pretty much my day yesterday. I think I kind of lost track. It sounds like a successful flumtog, but I did some I I did yeah. something kind of uh, unique. So have you have you ever experienced a surprise party before? Uh, maybe once. It, not enough to, to remember, no. Yeah, you know, it, it's really funny just because, like, you grow up, you're watching TV and movies, and there's always, like, there's always episodes themed around surprise parties or movies around it, you know. You see, you see it from one end or the other end, but I realize you don't get to experience them a lot firsthand or secondhand, you know, in real life. So uh, my wife was, um, back when we were dating, she, she threw me a surprise party back in college. It was really, really crazy. It was really amazing. It's the first time I've ever experienced anything like that. It, it totally blew me away away and it's really really fun being on the receiving end of it 
Um, but last night, I kind of got to be in the other situation where, uh, obviously, my wife loves to plan surprise parties uh, because she threw one for her friend, uh, Anna, last night because she was turning 30. So we, we uh, she was planning this whole surprise party for weeks and stuff. She was stringing this web of lies around uh, so she could uh, throw her friend off the scent. So it was kind of fun being on the other end, you know, with the anticipation of waiting for someone to break through the door and yelling surprise. So all I have to say is I recommend if you feel like somebody out there in your life needs a surprise party in their life, they're fun to plan. Uh, they're fun to execute and it's pretty, you get pretty nervous. I mean, you get down to the wire of just like, oh, they're going to be here soon. They're going to walk through the door. You actually start to like get a little sweat, you know, your, your hands start to shake. So it's pretty exciting. So, uh, we had a successful surprise party last night. Well, I have to say when you mentioned this, I just kind of open Facebook uh, randomly and there's a bunch of pictures your wife and people from this party have posted and it looks like it's a 90s party yes it was uh, it was a 90s theme party but and you're uh, looking fly buddy oh you man fly. I, t- I tell you what it was it was an amazing kind of um, moment when I when I landed on the costume so basically when it comes to a 90s party um, it's a lot easier to dress for it when you think and I actually think it's easier when you're a guy to begin with just because basically the number one go-to for a 90s uh a 90s theme anything with a guy is grunge it's really easy you know you just you probably own a flannel already find some sort of uh hat and turn it backwards and you're basically there you're you're passable for a 90s theme party and that was my original plan so I go to look in my closet and I was like, okay, time to grab the hat. And the hat that I find, it's like a, it's like a snapback type of hat. It's got a flat brim, and I'm like, ah, this, you know, it would be more '90s if this brim was kind of turned, like curled a little bit. But I don't want to do that. So I was like, well, now my costume's starting to fall apart, and I'm just a few hours away from this party. So I was just like, what should I do? And then my, and then my wife was just like, hey, are, what are you doing? Are you doing '90s grunge or I don't know? It seems like you're maybe doing like '90s hip hop. And I was like, wait a minute, '90s hip hop. So I go Google it real quick just to kind of refresh myself, and it kind of like hits me like a ton of bricks. Like I'm just I'm so stupid because I used to break dance back in college, and basically oh, no. everybody who breaks dance who breakdance, even outside of the 90s, pretty much all wears the same stuff. And we all look like we're out of the 90s when we're dancing. So I was like, this is this is so dumb. I don't know why I didn't think of this. I have like tons of windbreakers. I could put on one of those. I have lots of crew neck sweat sweatshirts. So I was like, I'll just go with a crew neck sweatshirt. So I start leafing through my sweaters and I see this one crew neck. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, it's white. It's got this vintage design on it. I, okay, I go to the next one. It's this, it's this one that has a purple center and gray sleeves. This one's pretty good too. You know, I'll go to the next one and then it's like a slow motion in my head and the like the 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 halo light starting to brim out from behind the sweatshirt and it's a, a crew neck that I bought a long time ago at a Goodwill uh that says like 1992 like right on the front of it I was like this is the perfect freaking costume so I put on the crew neck that literally had one of the years out of the decade of the 1990s like in big letters on the top of it um, I put on some high top dunks that I bought back in college. I put my hat on backwards. I grab a like a, a neon pink fanny pack, and I was like, "Man, I'm ready to go." I was like, it all came together so quickly and swiftly, and I I was uh, I was rocking out the '90s the rest of the night. Yeah, I tell you, if, if I could describe it with one look, uh, Mike was saved by the bell yesterday. That's, <laughs> that's how I would describe his look right now. Yeah, it was so. it was pretty sweet, and my wife did a lot of work. She she bought like. We had fruit by the foot. We had uh, ring pops. We had pixie sticks. We had. Um, are you familiar with uh, those uh, twist off 
plastic bottles. I think they're called Mondo's. Baby bottle pops? Uh, no, they're they're like they're oh. like kind of like a juice bottle. It's like you pack in your lunch. I think they're called Mondo's. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and they also, you know, we also had those little barrels. They're called like hugs. They have the little aluminum oh, yeah. top on them. I, I hate the aluminum taste on the top of them. I'll tell you <laughs> that if you want to get me in a bad mood, give me a hugs barrel. That's that's what I can tell you. So yeah, that was really it was it was really successful. It was a good night. Um, but I, I I guess I can bring it I can bring it back around to the theme of our podcast a little bit where um you know we we had a bunch of people over at this party and I was talking to uh, one guy named Chris. Who uh, who works at a company who's cutting uh, the trailer for the Beauty and the Beast movie? Uh, so we that's the one with uh, Emma Watson and I'm I th- I'm sure someone else is in it that we've reported on, but I can't remember anybody else. Well, um, you and you and McGregor and in McKellen are Lumiere and Cogsworth. Gotcha. Uh, so. so so he was basically uh, he he was saying so far from what he's seen because they've been able to see um, a rough cut of the film because we haven't had a trailer or anything yet, just that little teaser. He says it's really 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 good. Uh, I, 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 I would, I would think I could trust him. Uh, he, he's got a, a sensible taste in films, what I can tell for the most part. So I, I was pretty excited to hear that he thought it was pretty good. The one thing that I kept hounding him on was I kept asking him what, uh, what the beast looked like. Cause I, I'm always curious how they bring kind of like cartoons and live action together. Like, does he look really terrifying? But apparently all that stuff wasn't finalized yet. So he didn't really have a good idea of what that ended up looking like, but he says the movie's good. And we all know my opinion on these live action Disney movies is, is muddied at best right now because I was hating them. But then everybody said the jungle book was good. And I, now I have to make time to go see the jungle book. So I don't know what to think now. And of course, everybody loves a little Emma Watson. So I'm going to have to That's see true. that movie. Well, thankfully for you, um, the Jungle Book is on DVD this week uh, for purchase or rental. So you Man. can probably get a rental quicker than you could, um, you know, anything else. Yeah, I, I, keep me, for, I keep forgetting when that when the when the Screen Junkies Honest trailer drops. That usually means the movie's available. <laughs> yeah, so so that's out. So I remember I remember I, w- I about picked it up this week because um, my wife's a, a you know Disney fan, um, mm-hmm. loves Beauty and the Beast and, and so on and so forth. So I know that's out this week. And actually, since you've been talking, I went ahead and made our first topic, Beauty and the Beast, Mike, because I want you to see two pictures that leaked this week. Oh wow! I guess were revealed this week from the live action Beauty and the Beast. You were on it with the news, man. I just I you you didn't even know I was going to be bringing this up, and you already nope. have like. Uh, you already have the goods. Oh, is that yeah. the back of uh, Gaston in that first photo? It looks like that is yes, that is Gaston and Josh Gad is um I don't know that character's name off the top of my head. Beauty and the Beast wasn't one I watched gr- a lot growing up. You can't but get this Josh Gad out of a Disney property. He's all over him. <laughs> he really is. Um, and then uh, it's Luke Evans. Uh, you, I remember him from the Hobbit movies. He was um Bard. He was like the towns guy who. Who's like he's like a I don't know he kind of looks like uh, the guy who plays Legolas a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, he he is Gaston in this, and then the next photo actually shows us the CGI versions of Lumiere and Cogsworth. Oh, those are uh, they, that's actually a pretty interesting interpretation. Yeah, so uh, definitely a lot more intricate than the cartoons, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. I can see the face on Cogsworth, who is in McKellen, but Lumiere, I don't see the face just yet. I I feel uh, like it's somewhere kind of in that middle where those swirly bits kind of all meet at the center of the staff. I feel like maybe he's that's probably a face. Covering his, I think maybe he's covering his face with one of his like swirlies. Maybe. Um, but either way, I'm actually more impressed with these than I thought I would be. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I enjoy them. I can't wait to see the trailer now and kind of see where they're going with that and uh, and, and go from there. And also, for all you pop collectors, Belle <laughs> is one of the original, in, in her princess outfit, is one of the rarest Disney pops you can find. It goes for, like, over, like, $200 Jeez. or more. Um, because it's out of print and it was, like, one of the early numbers. They're re-releasing Belle, like a dancing Belle coming up in october so if you didn't get the first one you when, can get one when for ten dollars so i know i know you you really enjoy the pop vinyls and yes. i know and i know you and i don't think you're you're not collecting them for an investment or anything like that you just you just like to have this pop culture merchandise around because that's just the kind of the people we are we like yes. the nerdy stuff so i'm kind of wondering when is the critical mass of the pop vinyl gonna hit because these things are huge uh, these are a big deal, and I imagine there are people out there that are collecting them for the sake of turning them into an investment. And I just want to say to those people, I guarantee you probably have Tupperware, giant jugs, vats—I don't know what word I'm looking for here—of Beanie Babies in your basement. Go down and look at your Beanie Babies and learn from your mistake. Buy the pop vinyls that you want to enjoy, not the ones that you I, want to turn around for a profit. I, I like to think they have like a big warehouse, kind of like in the Indiana Jones movies, where they store the Ark of the Covenant, just uh-huh. wooden crates upon wooden crates of pops and Beanie Babies. There's probably an Ark of the Covenant pods. pop vinyl that you can put in front of your Indiana Jones Harrison Ford pop vinyl. <laughs> there very well might be. There might be. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, just to kind of throw that out there in that news. But um, yeah, our riffraff somehow turned into the news yet it, again. It was the most organic segue you're ever going to get from our podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. And because I didn't know this, I'm going to have to go back in and find the time code to put it in there <laughs> if anyone ever clicks on those. So it's part of our riffraff. It's all nice and mixed. But let's jump into the news. Speaking of pop vinyls, the only pop vinyl I have on my desk right now, Mike, mm-hmm. is Doctor Strange. Ooh, nice. Is that the Comic-Con exclusive one? It is not, actually. This is the comic book version Doctor gotcha. Strange that, okay. that was released. Um, and, and he's he's sitting right here with me hanging out. But we got some Doctor Strange news this week. Dan Harmon, I know you're a big fan of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, worked on Community, uh, Rick and Morty. You know, I don't know of any other projects he's done, honestly, off my head. Um, has a podcast called Harmon Town. I don't mm-hmm. know if you listen. Uh, I, one I, of our, I've heard it a couple times. One of our listeners, uh, Luke Baker, listens to that. But uh, Dan Harmon was brought in to, after the first cut of the film, the rough cut, was done to write more scenes or, or maybe doctor some scenes in, in the film. And I think he's getting maybe a partial writing credit for, oh, for wow. doing so. That's uh, that's really crazy. Uh, there's a documentary out there uh, about kind of Dan Harmon and his podcast called, titled as the podcast is Harmontown. So it might be kind of confusing to Google it a little bit. But in the documentary, you get this kind of more of an intimate look of the kind of person Dan Harmon is. And I don't want to say he's like a tortured artistic soul, but he's kind of more of kind of like an artistic jackass, but he's kind of lovable at the same time. He's like really good at being funny and putting this good work out there, but he's sometimes he can be kind of a jerk to the people around him. But it it seems to be um, something that he's working through, as you can tell in the documentary, to try to be like a little bit of a better person. But uh, going from there, he's a funny he's a funny dude. So if, if he wants to add a little love to Doctor Strange, I don't know if it was more to kind of like punch up some of the jokes or if it was to write whole elaborate scenes or what was going on there. Yeah. But I, w- I would I would welcome Dan Harmon to, uh, you know, any Marvel script. Yeah, and, and even though we know him for funny things, we also have to remember that the Russo brothers who worked on Community were only known for Arrested Development 
and mm-hmm. you know community before they were hired to do the Winter Soldier yeah. in Civil War. Yeah, and I believe it was it was specifically those community episodes because the ones they directed were the uh, paintball action episodes. So they kind of got to showcase that, like, hey, hey, Hollywood, the Russo brothers know how to direct action. Just pretend that these paintballs are real bullets and let us direct your next action movie. And they're like, we'll do you one better. We'll give you a Marvel franchise and you can go crazy. Yeah, so much that they're taking over the Avengers. Yeah, exactly. So re- really excited for that. Um, however, on Harmontown, uh, one, on one of the episodes, he uh, pretended to write the community movie mm-hmm. um, on the episode, and he went to open up his final draft documents, and there are a couple Doctor Strange scenes in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, um, one of them is called Caecilius Seduction. Um, uh, there's some called First Ritual uh, magical mystery tour, but here's the big one for me. Strange confronts Dormammu. Mm. Now, is Dan Harmon trolling us, or <laughs> is he actually write slash work on a scene where Dormammu, Doctor Strange's biggest villain, maybe appears? I don't know. It it's such a um, if if it wasn't if it was meant to be intentional, this is like the most clever way to do it because it's so it's so removed from the from like digital proof I guess because this is like a screenshot of not even a screenshot it's it's a someone had a picture or something they paused the video yeah and they paused the video and they and this is like looks like it was something that was projecting on an overhead projector like in his because Harmontown is a podcast but I it's a, it's in front of a live audience so he was projecting his computer on a screen in this room for people and he probably just quickly went through this and clicked on the thing that he wanted to open up or what he was doing so I I, I don't know if this is intentional or not but I love just how perfect it is it's like you get this small glimpse into just what Dan Harmon's working on for I don't know if it's a brief second I'm guessing it had to be if he had to pause the video but bam right there Strange confronts Dormammu I think just knowing Dan Harmon I feel like it could go honestly either way I feel like he's a guy Mm -hmm. that might plan it just to show up on some superhero blogs maybe or he just he's just haplessly just didn't care and he didn't care if anybody saw what he was working on but yeah it's it's really cool. Um, I, I I I don't know. We don't know if Dormammu's in the movie. If it is, it's going to be a great reveal. They may not have showed him yet because he's CGI, and they may not have that done all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I definitely think going forward for Doctor Strange, we will meet Dormammu eventually. Oh yeah, and, it's uh, it's not surprising to see his name pop up. But maybe maybe it'll just be a little bit of a tease to kind of maybe set up the next Strange movie. Yeah, yeah, very very. Strange indeed, Mike, if you will. <laughs> so that's enough strange news. That's really cool. Looking forward to that. That's our next superhero movie, if you will. Um, and that's, you know, I guess that's coming up this November, yeah, Mike. Yeah, that's we right. Have September, October, two months. Are we two months away from Doctor Strange? <laughs> I think it's getting there. I, f- I feel like the transition between spring and summer is always very quick. It feels like it sneaks up on you because they sneak a lot of those summer movies in early, and it feels like it's just a smooth transition. But I feel like fall really, really creeps up on you, and it's just like... August is technically, I think people consider it kind of the end of the summer. You know, once you kind of hit Labor Day, people say, okay, summer's over, and that's coming up soon. Uh, And then I feel like the fall is just like a a brief moment, and then all of a sudden you're in winter and you're getting these winter movies. But November's coming up quick. Yes, yes it is. And then we have Luke uh, Cage to, 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 I guess, watch in there as well. Yes, sink our teeth into that. 
So uh, we don't have any news on that. Sorry. <laughs> However, we have a bunch of news on Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, probably again one of our most anticipated movies of next year. I think it's to me it's a little higher than Spider Man right now because yeah. I think they're having so much more fun with it mm-hmm. uh, that we get to see. So first and foremost, today, as of today, the mockumentary they showed at San Diego Comic-Con has been released to the public to yes. watch. Yes, that, that's how you do it, Marvel. I was talking at, to the, at the surprise party last night uh, with some folks about how, uh, how Comic-Con going forward with these big panels is, is working. Uh, it just makes sense. I'm so glad that they released this because I wanted to see this so bad. I was hoping this wouldn't get lost in the Comic-Con exclusive but people got to see it a while ago. Good for them. They got it. They waited a long time to see it. Good for them. Long lines. I'm just glad we finally got to see it. Yeah, it's about six weeks later, four to six weeks later, we got to see it. And this starts off as like an old VHS tape intro. Mm-hmm. And they're playing into that 80s vibe, I guess, with Thor Ragnarok for some strange reason. <laughs> um, but this talks about what Thor and uh, eventually Bruce Banner were doing during civil war like mm-hmm. why were they not there for civil war and it's all a joke this is not supposed to be taken seriously but he gets a roommate named daryl uh-huh. uh in australia and he's like this is Thor- what would thor do in like you know australia if he had a roommate kind of uh-huh. thing? and uh my-, my favorite is his infinity stones board and then he draws <laughs> Mjolnir with arms, and then underneath a little piece of paper, he's holding Mjolnir is holding a, a, a Thor. Oh yeah, like holding him, and I'm like, it's, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Yeah, and then that awesome scene because the only little bit we knew about this was that screenshot of what um, Thanos, the, the purple was. man in the, the chair. Purple man in the chair. What is it? What is he? What do we know about him? He doesn't like standing up. I thought that was really hilarious. Um, Daryl, his roommate, he was pretty. He was a pretty humorous straight man that we got to see there. Uh, bouncing mm-hmm. off ideas with, uh, I I know this technically is maybe not supposed to be canon, but I'm gonna treat it as canon because it just makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe a little bit more uh, a little bit more bright and cheery <laughs> in my eyes, a little bit more fun. Uh, yeah, this is hilarious. I'm so glad that we got this. I I was cracking up the whole time. Uh, so I I hope we get more of kind of this stuff going forward. I thought the best part was when you get the idea throughout the mockumentary that Thor is just like, yeah, I'm just real. I'm a I'm a Norse god, but I'm just I'm really bored. No one no one gets a hold of me. I don't have a cell mm-hmm. phone. You gotta send a raven. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because he's like he's like, why hasn't Tony contact me? Like I know they're fighting. Why 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 aren't they like giving me telling me what's up? And he's like, he, like Tony doesn't have your number. He's like, I don't have a phone. Send send, mm-hmm. send a raven. Like, yeah, that's is great. Yeah, and I also kind of like maybe I mean this might be extrapolating a little bit much from like a comedy short, but I kind of like the idea of this is a way to show that like Thor, he's a god. He lives in an on basically another plane and he's got a lot of big big shit to deal with. He kind of it makes sense why he didn't show up in Civil War if you think about it. Like Civil War was more of a problem for uh the men of Earth. Uh, to deal with uh, mankind, you know, he he has got his own shit going on back in Asgard, presumably with his uh, half brother trying to steal the throne, doing who knows what with his uh, with uh, Odin. Uh, that I think we're talking about here in a little bit, uh, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's just like he's got his own stuff to worry about, but he he's still curious. He still wants to know what his friends are up to. <laughs> yeah, but and that and Civil War like takes place over like three days. Mm-hmm. So I don't. There's not enough time to go track him down and be like, get over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Mary, watch it. Links in the notes. Uh, go go look it up. You'll probably see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Tom Hiddleston, we reported, recently got an Instagram, and uh, one of his photos he posted this week is actually him and uh, Chris Hemsworth uh, from the first set of Thor 1 to now Thor 3, and Mm -hmm. how much they've kind of changed. (laughs) Like... You know, I like Thor one. Thor one gets a lot of a lot of shit, but I mean, it's not a bad movie. No. And and I looking back, I'm like, okay, I like how they look now. You know, like five years later, they look much <laughs> older and much cooler than than they did back then. You know, it's like, oh, we were just little kids, and and now we're like Norse gods, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what they can do with Loki in this next movie because obviously Marvel uh, really needs to, I guess. I don't want to say tread lightly around their best villain, but they gotta be they gotta be prepared to create new, better villains because like you can't overuse Loki too much. He's the best. He's the best one you got, so you gotta use him sparingly now, or you're just gonna you're just gonna run him dry. You're just gonna wring him dry, and we'll, and you'll be all out of uh, good villains to begin with. So I'm kind of hoping we get something cool in Doctor Strange that maybe we can carry around for a while. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm always happy to see more Loki. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been four years since we have seen them. By the time this will have come out, so mm-hmm. uh, we're 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 a little overdue for for the, the god of mischief. <laughs> uh, also, the music for this movie will be scored by Mark Mothersbaugh, who's actually known for being in Devo, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> but he's done other. He's become a composer since then, and he's done the Lego Movie music, okay, twenty one and twenty two Jump Street. He has a huge list of movies he's actually done, which kind of overwrite the fact that he was in Devo. <laughs> so uh, when they said, oh, he's in Devo, I'm like, oh, they're really pulling this 80s thing, aren't they? Like, they're really giving it to us. But then I looked up, like, what he's actually done, and I'm like, oh, he actually does music. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, I know you like 21 and 22 Jump Street. We're big Lego movie fans here, so uh, definitely looking forward to that. Exactly. So about six months ago, there became a rumor, and I don't know if we talked about it or not. It's been It's been a while. We've done a few episodes since then. Uh, that in the upcoming Thor movie, Odin would be banished to Earth um, and wandering around like a hobo <laughs> telling people about the coming apocalypse. Oh my well, gosh. now we have proof that he is actually dressed up like a hobo on the set of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins looks like he's having the most fun he's had in a long time yeah, so in this photo we got here. I, I have kind of... I have the, So my first initial thought when I saw this earlier in the week was I was kind of shocked at the implications that we were going to see Earth at all in this movie. From what I've been hearing for the longest time, that this movie is uh, set very, very um, um, uh, strongly off Earth. You know, we're not we're going to be seeing Asgard, other planes and planets, and uh, we're not really going to touch on Earth that much. It's all going to be about Asgard, and plus Jane Foster is not in the in the movie at all, so not much ties it to Earth. You know, we don't really exactly know how Bruce Banner gets there yet, but uh, I figured it was going to be just all like trolls, giant hammers mm-hmm. swinging around. Um, so this kind of shows us that we're getting a connection to Earth. But now I kind of like the idea of maybe maybe this is kind of where we get some possible comic relief to it because it seems like uh, he doesn't he, he it seems like he would be in more danger if he was left in Asgard than if he's on Earth. So it seems like he's going to be kind of like just having a good time, going around, just palling around. Maybe he's going to run into um, uh, what's the what's the scientist's name? That lives oh, on Selvig. Earth. Yeah, Selvig. Maybe he'll like bump elbows with Selvig a little bit. Maybe he'll run into um, uh, Stanley. Uh, Stanley. Oh, that'd be that'd be awesome. 
or uh, one of the two bro Darcy? girls. Yeah, Darcy. Maybe he'll run in the Darcy because we all love Darcy in the Thor movies, and I think they would be a good uh, a good team together. So hopefully that happens. But I can see them maybe just cutting back to Earth to see Odin every once in a while for a little bit of comic relief to tie it into Earth a little bit. But I think this is pretty cool. There, it's just funny to see that there's so many uh, implications that this one photo can have on the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, kind of makes you kind of question rumors every once in a while. Like, are they right? Are they wrong? Like, uh-huh. how much how much has changed in six months as well on this movie? Um, but, I mean, this this does answer one question we've had since Thor 2. At the end, um, Alan Taylor, the director, said that he pretty much wanted Odin dead at the end uh-huh. of that movie. And Anthony Hopkins actually said in 2013, uh, I've done two, that's enough. And maybe it looks like they've repaired some relationships with him uh, since then. Uh-huh. They've got they've got good old Hannibal Lecter in here dressed up <laughs> like some guy that you'd see walking down the street, you know, um, like like the guy at, at college who always wanted a quarter and no more. But uh, well, you know, maybe he, back with Thor: The Dark World, um, you know, Marvel was still on top, but I feel like they hadn't quite reached critical mass yet of just like money and fame and with hollywood maybe now anthony hopkins just like maybe i shouldn't try to get off this marvel train quite yet it seems like they could be going on for quite a while and if i just if i just stay on board as odin i could buy a lot more houses you know i feel so maybe he's just like yeah maybe i was wrong you know maybe maybe this comic book movie is a thing (laughs) but also you know i mean i think you may agree with me thor the dark world isn't that isn't the best Marvel movie out there. No. I probably rate it pretty low in terms of quality. And that's that was a very weird year. It's a year after Avengers. We had Iron Man 3, which is critically divisive, you know, all around. People don't know whether they want to like that movie or hate that mm-hmm. movie. There's no in-between. Uh, the Dark World had some weird jokes, like, punctuated in with serious moments. And I'm like, what's I mean, going I, on here? I really need to see it again to, uh, to rate it properly. Yeah. But as far as I can uh, remember... Uh, the last time I saw it, it's just it's just kind of a run of the mill movie, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. were, we were kind of all expecting maybe more of an evolution after the first Thor movie, which I would say was above average. That first Thor movie, it was fun. You know, it was establishing the character. There was there were some there were some very very they, they, awesome moments in that movie. They did it, and we didn't expect them to do a Thor movie. Exactly, that's, that's really what we walked away with. So that I like, felt like okay, in, they pulled it off. I felt like in the Dark World, we got probably one of the worst instances of bad villains. Um, which uh, with the dark elves, they were just uh, Malekith. It was just not. Malekith. Yeah, which just made it feel felt very run of the mill. Yeah. Uh, but I would say it's still a bad Marvel movie. Still ends up being a pretty decent movie, though. You know. Yeah, it it it, it is rewatchable, and you and you don't hate it. You don't feel sick watching it. You know, like other movies. Um, but I, I, you know, maybe that movie just that movie just kind of shrouded by a little controversy because after that we got you know. We got Winter Soldier and Guardians, and mm-hmm. you know we've had you know great things like Civil War and, and Ant Man's not bad either. So I think that was a weird transition period where they hadn't quite said you know we want to keep doing the same thing, but we don't know how to make it better. Yeah, and and Disney hadn't really taken over Marvel yet and given them that free reign. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was it's a bad news, but Odin is coming back. Anthony Hopkins is returning. That's great. And then we got one more last bit of photo here. Um, that I want to share with uh, a zoomed in photo from the set of Thor Ragnarok. Oh, this shows... is, yeah, you sent this to me earlier in the week, I believe. 
Yeah, so Thor is holding a piece of paper on Earth. So there, there's an image. I don't know if I've sh- we talked about it last week or it was earlier this week. It's it's been, it has been a week, my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Thor, or I'm sorry, yeah, Thor and Loki are on Earth. Loki is in a black suit, like the devil himself in a black suit, and Thor is in street clothes as we kind of see him in this photo. And this is very much taken out of the Ultimates Two book. Like it's ripped straight out of the Ultimates Two book. When Loki is dressed like in a black suit and slick back hair, like that's that's what he looks like in the Ultimate comics. Mm-hmm. But in Thor and the Street Clothes has a piece of paper called that says seventeen seven one seven seven A Bleecker Street, and very much not it's not cursive. What is that kind of font there? Kind of like um, more of a script. Yeah, like a script. Um, someone's written it with a quill. Is what I think. Of. <laughs> well, seven one seven seven A Bleecker Street. No, that's not where Sherlock lives. But it is where Benedict Cumberbatch's second role is, Doctor Strange. That mm. is the sanctum sanctorum in New York City. So, do you think Doctor Strange will be appearing in Thor Ragnarok, or so, is this just? I I am very very cautious looking at this for a couple different reasons. Um, first of all, I'm I'm not 100 percent convinced that this is that this is hasn't been photoshopped in some way. It's okay. hard. It's hard for me to confirm that. I, I, I'm not trying to be some sort of a detective here, but I'm seeing lots of pixels all over the place that kind of look pretty rough. I don't know if this is like Twitter compression or if this has just been shared a bunch of times and saved a bunch of times and just looks all like crap. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. At the same time, I kind of hope it's not true, because if it is, I believe I'm looking at a pretty big spoiler right here. Because if this was real, I would think that this would be probably like the post credit scene of of Thor Ragnarok. You know, once the once the credits roll, I don't know if it would be the mid credit scene or at the very very end, but I feel like it would be Thor in his street clothes all done battling uh with the Hulk, you know, taking down Loki again, um taking down uh I don't remember the villain who set up for Thor. Anyway, he he wins the battle. Hella. He, hella, yeah, he goes back to Earth. He's trying to hit up Doctor Strange, so he pulls out his address and he sees the door, and then the movie's done. So I'm hope I'm not seeing the ending credit scene because I love those staying unspoiled, but I so, really hope that's not what I'm looking at right now. You know? Yeah. So I'm I'm actually updating the link right now as we talk, Mike, to the actual photo. So you were right; that one has been sh- shared and cropped and like all over the place. So the actual photo from the set is is what you have right now mm-hmm. is the updated link, and you can kind of see it there. Now you can your your theory that it's Photoshop can still say in effect if you want, but this is the actual set photo um, mm-hmm. from from Twitter. Now, does he actually go there, or is this maybe a Loki illusion? That's that's my question here. Yeah, um, may, I mean, Loki it, it, is known to 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 mess with reality, and he does so in the Ultimate Universe, and that's like I feel this is like a scene taken from the Ultimate Universe. Because of how they're both dressed and, and yeah. how it's acting. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just feel like um, if this was a post-credit scene, that they would just have it locked down more, like the set. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like it wouldn't be so open. People wouldn't be able to just take a kind of a nice, crisp photo and share it online. So, may I feel like maybe we're possibly reading into this a little bit more, and maybe it's not as it seems. But there's, right. I guess, there's only one way to tell. We'll have to go see the movie, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely. I don't think they're. I think post-credit scenes are filmed much later after the movie's done mm-hmm. because they are working. They will have to. We'll, who knows what the the lineup will be by the time Thor gets yeah. here. Yeah, and usually they're like directed by other people too. Like other kind of people take the helm of these post-credit scenes sometimes. So I felt like yeah, maybe it would have to be at a different time. And also, um, 
the whole idea of Thor and uh, Doctor Strange meeting up, it totally makes sense because they're kind of magic users. I felt like they would pal around and get along. So it, it the, there's nothing out of bounds when it sounds like they would, you know, get together and have a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so lastly, I've updated the photo with the Thor and Loki when I was talking about because I don't know if we've talked about this or not. Just to show you Loki in his black suit and Thor in his civilian clothes. Mm. So... Um, and if you notice the newspapers, has Thor returned, um, strikes up a Lady Justice. There's like, I don't know, it looks like it is a, some sort of mental thing that Loki's doing, like an illusion. So, either way, it, whatever you want to make of it, it's there. Which actually, you talked about post credit scenes. That brings us to our next topic, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, has been confirmed to have a post credit scene. No one's really surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. However, this week we did get concept art of the team fighting a creature in space. Mm-hmm. Mike, this is a lot like the original Guardians um, concept art. We see Star-Lord uh, got his sleeves rolled up on this one, shooting at this creature called an abelisk um, that the Guardians were hired to essentially kill mm-hmm. in this. Uh, the abelisk does not exist in comics as of yet. This is a new creature. It's a multi-dimensional being. Um, which multi-dimensions are being set up in Doctor Strange, we hear. But this is kind of interesting to kind of see the Guardians. I would play a video game based on this, Mike, is, <laughs> yeah. what, is what it's making me think of. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from this is uh, it does seem like uh, Groot is going to be kind of nerfed uh, throughout the film power-wise. It seems like in concept art they're keeping him small. So mm-hmm. it seems like we're not going to really see a whole lot of power from Groot until maybe the the third act of the film, maybe the finale when they're fighting somebody and they really need his strength and he pulls it together and he grows his roots out and he gets big, big bad Groot back. So it seems like we're going to have this fun-loving adolescent Groot maybe throughout the film causing causing more uh, trouble than it's worth. <laughs> yeah, that and, that and everybody has jetpacks now. So. <laughs> yeah, jetpacks, uh. man. Every time I play like any sort of online first-person shooter, I'm always the jackass that always goes for the jetpack. <laughs> My kill-to-death ratio is always awful, but I always have the best time. I have more fun than anybody else because I'm always flying around in a jetpack. <laughs> doing doing his jetpack thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see Guardians uh, more than that. That's uh, May next year, so that's, I guess, two superhero movies away. Yeah, that's going to be us. the big summer blockbuster. Big, just gonna kick us off. That's what's gonna launch it. Spider Man will probably be bigger. I'm gonna be honest with you, money wise. But Guardians is a good start for that for the summer. Uh-huh. The summer after that, though, is Avengers Infinity War, the official uh-huh. title for the third Avengers film, and it will include a community cast member. This is a throwback to kind of our Dan Harmon starting off the show here. But which one, which community cast member will we see? So in uh, the Winter Soldier, we saw your favorite, Danny Pudi. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in a Shield base. I believe in the in um, Civil Wars, Tony Hale, uh, I think is his name, was talking to Tony Stark at the beginning whenever he's doing his like memory recall thing. Uh-huh. Um, so he, so who do you think is going to be the third community well, cast member? I, I think it's obvious. It's it's not going to be Donald Glover because he is he is set to uh, to uh, be. Uh, but what? But what if it is Spider-Man because he's already movie. set up? I, I guess maybe, but I don't know if I would really consider it like. Um, like a cameo because I okay. feel like I feel like now this they've kind of set it up of more of like a cameo so I feel okay. like maybe they'll give it to um, maybe uh, Gillian Jacobs uh, she, okay. she she's pretty big right now she just was in that independent uh, Mike Birbiglia movie um, yeah 
What's what was it called? I hear good I things can't, about I mean, it. I mean, I've read so many reviews on that on Imgur, but I think Allison Brie is too big. I think she'd be too pricey. Yeah, for it a could, cameo. It could be. Um, uh, I can't remember. Joel McHale. Uh, Joel nope. McHale would probably be a, a smart one to add soon. He, uh, but I feel like uh, they they're gonna go through the whole cast and hopefully get all of them. It'd be cool if it was Professor Chang. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't he, know about that. I don't know. Be a cool ad. But uh, either way, I think that's awesome. The Russo brothers—they're showing—they're showing love for the community fans, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, they—they they knew they knew what helped them get to the top, and, and they're, they're remembering <laughs> them. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, uh, whoever they bring in, Donald Glover, I still see, I could see they have him set up, and like he's—it's like a throwback to to New York or something, and he's helping people get out of a school or mm-hmm. whatever. But either way, that's that's fun. A uh, fun fact about Captain America from Civil War uh, is that he apparently is no longer considered... Steve Rogers is no longer considered Captain America in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now. Oh, okay. Um, because, simply because, you know, he can't be in the army if he's gone AWOL. Kind of kind of deal. He, he's, he's a... I guess considered maybe a war criminal? Yeah, he can't, or, tec- he can't technically hold the rank of Captain, I guess. Yeah, and and he's kind of just kind of going on there. He's he's done this in the comics millions of times. He's yeah, been Nomad, uh, other different names. But um, every time I, I I hear this, there's an article like, oh, who's going to be the next Captain America? Well, nobody. Yeah, like, they're not going to replace Captain America. They're going to give it back to him in the next <laughs> Avengers movie. Yeah. Like, it's like the it's kind of like the people that freaked out when they thought he was a Hydra agent from one panel of one comic book earlier in the year. Yeah. It's just like. Okay, like, don't you people ever read comics? You don't even have to be an avid comic reader. Just read more than one storyline. <laughs> You'll understand that stuff gets dropped and brought back up and undone all of the time for the last, like, 60 years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. So, no, no one's going to be Captain America. Um, it, they're going to give it back to him, like, oh, well, we need you in this time of crisis, and you stepped up, so here you go. Cap uh-huh. and Tony will give him the shield. Like I, I, it's it's set up to be like that so bad you can't even ignore it. So <laughs> there's that. Don't worry about that. On the other military front, Captain Marvel. That is, she's actually in the military. Um, I think she ranks higher than Captain America at one <laughs> point, which is which was funny. Um, then there's a new director shortlist for this movie coming up. Um, they're still finding the director. We got the actress. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Allison Brie. Is that it? Is it really? No. No, uh, that, maybe. Wait, no, we were just talking about... Uh, I'm getting confused, because uh, I'm getting confused because we were just talking about the uh, the actors in uh, Community. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. We're getting confused. I knew there was a Brie in there somewhere, so... Allison feel... Brie Larson, not the cheese. So <laughs> I feel... That, I feel... I feel a little vindicated there. <laughs> Brie Larson. There we go. We, we got it. Brie Larson is, is Captain Marvel. You had me second-guessing myself. The new director <laughs> shortlist consists of Nikki Caro, Leslie Linka Gladder. That's a... Bad name, uh, Lorene and Lorene Scafaria. Well, so geez, just... so much for that thing that we talked about months ago, where people were saying that the the Captain Marvel and the director like shared a name or shared a first yeah. letter or it rhymed or some sort of craziness. That totally fell through. I don't know what the hell was going on there. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think back then people were thinking Emily Blunt was going to be the um, actual. Yeah, maybe Captain Marvel, and that kind of didn't go through. Either way, whatever they say. So, just um, a heads up here. The movies I know, uh, Nikki Caro did uh, The Zookeeper's Wife. Um, okay. So I don't know that, but it doesn't really I matter. didn't watch it, but I've heard <laughs> of it. Uh, Gladder is known for working on Homeland as one of the main directors. Mm-hmm. So, she's nominated for an Emmy this year. And the show 
Ray, Ray Donovan and True Blood. So mm-hmm. she's been a little more in the front of of TV. And Scafaria wrote Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I can't, <laughs> I can't even say that out loud. Uh, and and uh. seeking a a friend for the end of the world, which I think was like a dark comedy. With, um, uh, yeah, the I guy think, from the office. Yeah, Steve Carell was in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always weird going through like the pedigree of the directors when it comes to Marvel movies because we all know that it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Marvel just is, seems to have this really keen eye for spotting talent uh, mm-hmm. when it's just starting to bud, you know, before it's kind of really become a big hit or a big name. So I, I feel like I can't really derive much information from their past work. Because they got some good scouts over there that can really like look into the soul of a director and go like, "You're gonna make a good movie. I don't care what you've done, what uh, weird kind of like indie movie or w- what you've done in the past. Come on over here and make this movie for us." So all all I can do is just cross my fingers and just uh, trust in Marvel because they're they're batting their batting percentages pretty well for picking directors. In in Marvel, we trust, if you mm-hmm. will. So I definitely agree with that. If I was to pick one, I would pick Leslie Gladder simply because I think she has more under her belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, um, to me, if she does a lot of TV shows, I mean, they're hour long episodes. Two of those is like doing a whole movie. So um, I, I don't know. I feel I feel better about her, but it doesn't matter. You're right. None of it matters. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. They'll they'll tell us. Probably won't even be a name on this list by that point. <laughs> you know, we don't know. Uh, Legion show we haven't talked about in a while. Um, oh, coming yeah. up on FX mm-hmm. or FXX, one of those shows. Brian Singer confirmed this series exists in the X Men universe after we've been told pretty much it doesn't. <laughs> um, so it does not apply to previous X Men films now, like First Class uh, and the other two, Apocalypse and Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. However, it will apply to future films going forward. So they can refer back to Legion, but they will probably not have to worry about, you know those other movies while he was there all right i mean i i don't it's hard to have an opinion on legion yet obviously everybody kind of knows our opinion on the x-men universe going forward uh but we've only really seen that one trailer for legion and i it looked really awesome and honestly the more i've started to realize uh i you can really trust fx when it comes to making content uh, uh, we've been watching a lot of shows in our in our household that have been attached to FX in the past and recently. Um, FX is kind of like the Netflix of uh, cable television, like, and I think it even shows number wise when it comes to Emmy nominations. Like FX is up there with uh, Netflix quality, but they just happen to have to show commercials in the middle of their TV shows. So if it's coming to FX, we we can we can we can raise our hopes a little bit that we're gonna get something good. Yeah, yeah, no problem there. And, and even then, if they're going to tie it in the X-Men universe, there's time travel and all this other stuff that they can do and say, like, oh, this just works. So mm-hmm. how, the, how they fit it in there, sure, why not? Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Everybody everybody gets to be in the X-Men universe. Except for Gambit. Oh, <laughs> brought this in here because the director, Doug Lyman, has reportedly left uh, the movie. Oh, man, I love... I love our track record with Gambit on this show. Every time you bring me news, it's always bad. <laughs> We've never had anything positive except for maybe the first announcement of Channing Tatum possibly being Gambit, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So will this movie ever get made, Mike? Do we do we need to take bets now? Well, I, I'm i actually seeing this now. I'm leaning towards no. I, I feel mm-hmm. like... I would have a different opinion if uh, Apocalypse was just a rock-solid blockbuster smash hit. Everybody loved it, saying, oh, after this and Days of Future Past, X-Men is back on top of it. 
But Apocalypse was just a, a, a mess for me, and I know it was for a lot of other people. Uh, not the worst the comic book movie of the summer, but you know we definitely wanted more from it. But mm-hmm. I feel like now X-Men is just on very shaky footing. I feel like we're going to get a decent final flick for Wolverine and Hugh Jackman, but I feel like that's so standalone and now removed well, from the rest of the movies. We, we had really good Deadpool this year, though. Yeah, the, but... like The solo films, they're, they're stronger than the, the, yeah, the group films. Exactly, but also Deadpool kind of benefited off of kind of almost alienating itself from the mm-hmm. universe, you know, making fun of it, you know, saying, you know, oh, which Xavier are you talking about, McAvoy? Yeah. <laughs> or, so, or So I feel like with this kind of universe being on shaky footing... We didn't want Gambit to begin with like this. We didn't really think he could hold down his own movie. We kind of wanted to see him show up decently in an, ense- in an ensemble first. So I feel like I Channing, feel like- Channing Tatum's got better shit to do. You know, he, you know, there's a good chance that Marvel could be waving him offers over there. And he's just like, hey, guys, you guys are taking way too long to make my movie. Yeah, so that's my thing. The steam is lost with Gambit. When mm-hmm. it was announced and they were going to do it, and we, and we and we now a month or two from now, um, October actually of this year was when yeah. it was predicted, uh, or I guess I guess announced whatever. But um, the steam is lost for Gambit. It's like oh, I don't yeah, see that sure. train picking back up anytime soon. And I feel it was more of an apology movie. We're sorry about Gambit in day or in first class. Or not first mm-hmm. class in Origins, Wolverine Origins. Let us make it up to you with this good movie and a, an actor on top of the world here. Please let us make you this game movie. And now they're like, no, yeah. well, we've lost it. Like I, it's I, not gonna happen. I, I think I'm just gonna have to call it. I'll, I'm gonna officially make my statement here on on our podcast that I am kind of uh, thinking. Uh, the Wolverine movie that's showing up should be kind of the end of the X-Men universe that they've established. If if Fox wants to get its house together and try to reboot it again, uh, you know, maybe just before they lose their rights, you know, to give themselves some breathing room, I'm okay with that. Reboot the X-Men, get a a better idea of how they want to go forward. But just do it. I think doing it with the send-off of Wolverine is perfect. And the best part about it is Deadpool can still go on because Deadpool is a character that lives in limbo of these uh, franchises so well. And also in the comic books, you know, he could he could make a joke in his own movie about how all of these other movies didn't make it and it's getting rebooted and how everything seems smells a little bit more fresh now. So I could totally see that working with uh, Deadpool going forward. So maybe just make a couple Deadpool movies, send off Wolverine well, and then just... Uh, just uh, share with Marvel. The X-Men. Become, yeah. become Spider-Man and share with Marvel. Let's all yeah, get exactly. one big phase four happy universe going and the marvel their tv shows marvel's helping fox with their tv shows let them help you with the movies and you'll fox will you'll be rolling in the money yet again exactly it's all about the money you're gonna be getting it just look at what's what's about to happen to sony next year (laughs) yeah totally uh i agree however now this is where we're gonna switch gears but same topic this is a very rare situation where doug lyman left gambit to direct justice league dark mike Whoa, yeah, that's what I like to hear. So, Justice uh, League Dark, we didn't think was going to happen live action. This is the live action movie, Mike. This is not the cartoon movie that we're, we're still getting. This mm-hmm. is the live action one at WBDC, which I'm calling it now because mm-hmm. it's better than saying whatever. 
So the the reports are that Doug Liman's in this Justice League Dark movie it will feature Detective John Constantine, not just John Constantine. Ooh. He'll be his detective. Swamp nice. Thing, Dead Man, Zatanna, and Etrigan the Demon. I don't I don't know what uh, the Etrigan is or Dead Man, but I I I knew the majority of those names. But I think this is awesome. Do you think this is because of that Swamp's Thing footage? You know, do you think maybe they're kind of testing the water? Because I feel like that's like a studio tactic now. Or like, you know, it's, it's we kind the of want to move effect. forward with. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't quite to the same extent of a whole scene, but they're just like somebody over there was just like, I still believe in Justice League Dark. Nobody else here is giving me the time of the day. I'm just gonna give this leaked uh, Swamp Thing footage to anybody, and once it once it hits the news cycle uh, for that week that it comes out, I'm just gonna forward all these articles to my bosses and be like, people want this movie, you dummies, make it. Yeah, yeah, like, like, if, like. So there's two things from Deadpool. Everybody, everybody wants to make an R-rated movie, and everybody wants to leak a movie, like test footage <laughs> to get get hype behind it. And this is one of those. I agree. I didn't think about the Swamp Thing footage actually. You brought that's a good thing you brought up. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know people are excited about the animated movie as well, and you know getting Doug Liman away from Gambit, like, you know that's that's a that's a kick in the nuts to Fox. And, yeah, and that's it, this isn't officially announced on you know WB's you know radar just yet, but like this is good. I think they're like you know what, let's try actual like mysticism and magic. Maybe this is a Doctor Strange response as well. Yeah, um, and I love the idea of uh, Constantine and Zatanna being in there. I mean, obviously those are the only two char- other two characters I'm familiar with because you know I'm not a huge DC head uh, with uh, understanding and knowing all the characters. But we all know Constantine's been kind of a, a rough start over there on the on the TV side of things. But who knows? He might be coming back over at the CW. Uh, Zatanna, I uh, I know her a lot more because uh, my wife cosplayed as her a couple years ago at Comic Con, so I know she'll be happy to kind of see a live action adaptation of that yeah yeah so um and yeah and swamp thing had a movie i think maybe or did swamp thing have a movie way back in the 80s it it was a it was a while ago i believe (laughs) yeah so i mean nothing nothing related to now and i don't think he's popped up in the the dc um tv series either um oh yeah, and I'm I'm kind of looking at uh, some stuff of Dead Man here. He he, yeah. he looks a little he looks more familiar now. So De- that, Dead that's making more sense. De- Dead Man, I remember uh, when I read the Green Lantern um, War of Light. He was a big you know thing in in the the White Lanterns, which was like you know the the la- the rings of life. So mm-hmm. um, so he's a ghost. So like a walking dead man, if you will. Yeah, and the and the demon now he's ringing a bell. It's kind of these characters where I never really knew their names, but I remember seeing them before, either in like the Justice League cartoon or mm-hmm. popping up in in a, in a couple of the DC comics that I've I've read before. Uh, but yeah, this seems like it, it's going to be a very visually uh, appealing cast. I guess that's kind of something I haven't said before. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be fun watching this very kind of bizarre crew together. It seems like maybe uh, John Constantine is going to be kind of the maybe uh, moral center that keeps these people from doing bad stuff. <laughs> maybe he could be, again, the, like he, he strikes me as a Doctor Strange. Like he is a human who can deal with magic kind of, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And I, you know, I don't hate the Keanu Reeves version. I just think it's Keanu Reeves doing his Keanu Reeves thing. Like, it, well, it, it could have been a great a, film. Yeah, that Constantine movie was just kind of – it was in that weird period of uh, comic book movies mm-hmm. where they weren't attached to franchises yet, but they were still trying to make something cool. Because like, I believe that kind of came out in the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man era. Uh, yeah. So 
Yeah, and it was it was it was a fun movie. And Pe- I love Keanu Reeves. Peter so. Stormare as the devil is, is one of my my favorite things. And then um, <laughs> Tilda Swinton is actually one of the angels. I think she's Gabriel or something mm-hmm. else. And she's in Doctor Strange now. So a lot of those people moving forward. So Justice League Dark working forward with Doug Lyman. That's great news. I, I we're I'm more excited about that than than uh, <laughs> Doug Lyman leaving Gambit. So <laughs> to say the least. The Flash movie is also coming up. I believe it comes out in two years. Um, again, one of the highlights of the the Justice League trailer. Everyone likens it to the Spider Man and Civil War scene. Like that's okay though. I, th- I think they're fun. But the villains of the just of the I'm sorry of the Flash are r- rumored to be revealed as the Rogues. So, uh-huh. so not just one villain, several villains. And I'm going to go through this list of people who are t- typically the rogues in, in, in the Flash universe. Uh-huh. Such as Captain Cold, uh-huh. Mirror Master, Heat Wave, Weather Wizard, The Trickster, Pied Piper, The Top, and Captain Boomerang. Um, I believe we have seen almost all of these in the Flash TV show. Yeah, I think so. One of them already exists in the cinematic universe, um, who was underutilized, we feel, in... Uh, the uh, Suicide Squad, Suicide. yeah, Captain Boomerang. So, do you think? So, wait, are we getting news that all of these people there's going to be multiple rogues, or is it just going to be one? It will be a, a group of villains that the Flash is up against. Oh. So, I, it could be any I, number of these. Definitely, probably not all of them. I feel like it could go a couple ways because I feel like when you have a, a hero with superpowers of super speed like the Flash, um, you know he. He can he can dismantle a lot of villains very quickly, you know, because that is that's his power to be very quick. Um, so maybe it makes sense that a couple of them have to team up to take on the Flash. Mm-hmm. But um, I I think I'd like a I'd like a really solid Flash like trickster movie because what I really like about the trickster is that he he knows he's never going to be faster than the Flash, but he knows he can like set up traps. You know, I feel like that's kind of the best way to uh, to thwart the Flash. Is you know you just make a lot of traps and distractions all across the city to just keep them busy while you're doing your evil deeds. So I I think maybe I I'd like to see the trickster show up in a Flash movie at some point in time. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Captain Cold, uh, Heat Wave, and Weather Wizard are all like elemental kind of villains. Mirror mm-hmm. Master, the Trickster, Pied Piper, and the Top are all like gimmicky because the Top is a guy who can spin around like a top. Like that's, yeah, that's literally just... like his power. I'm like, well. Okay. I feel like I feel like that's the villain you see in kind of the opening scene of the movie that gets thrown in the jail cell within the first five minutes, just to show, just to establish your superhero's powers, because we don't want to see a whole movie where he's fighting the top. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. If they all team up, you know, they can distract him long enough to do something. So um, I'm okay with that. I mean, just make them very much different than the TV versions. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll buy into it. I mean, okay, you can bring Mark Hamill back to be the trickster for the movie. Yeah, that's totally that'd be fine. sweet. <laughs> so that, that'd be cool. Um, so that's that's a, the potential Flash film. Now, lastly, I'm going to end on a trailer. Uh, again, we we filled up our full hour, Mike, uh, believe it or not. We, we did it. We did it, brother. But the last topic <laughs> is something called Guardians. Yes. Um, now, this is interesting. We've talked about this once before. I think it was maybe Super Bowl season or, or in that area. Guardians is a superhero film out of Russia, uh-huh. and the description is, During the Cold War, an organization called Patriot created a superhero squad, which includes members of multiple Soviet republics. For years, the heroes had to hide their identities, but in hard times, they must show themselves again. This trailer looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it looks insane. So just to describe it to people out there, it just seems like 
if, from what I can tell and what I believe, this is a totally original idea. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it looks like superhero movies. You know, it doesn't look like anything uh, out of the ordinary when it comes to putting superheroes together on screen. But it doesn't look like it's adapted from, like, a comic book or anything. So it, it almost just seems like somebody over in Russia is just like, God damn it, I'm tired of the Russians always being the bad guys in all of these movies. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and make our own Russian superheroes. We're going to ground this in Russia, and it's going to be all about how uh, Russians can be heroes, too. I don't really care about any of that. I just like that there's, like, a bear that's, like, shooting a giant, like, machine gun. <laughs> so like, what, that's insane. Like, his, the, <laughs> the main guy's power, like, the leader of this team, his power is to turn and then, like, he bulks up and becomes, like, half bear, half man. And he yeah. has, like, a Gatling gun hanging off the side of him. Yeah, it, it's so insane. Uh, one guy, um, is, he's, he really moves really fast, and he, like, has these sickles that he slices through things with. Mm-hmm. So, like, a very vicious flash. Uh, I believe the third guy, it looks like he can create, like, electrical whips. Like, he some sort of magnetism with wires. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the girl, she's invisible and has some other powers, I think. But um, definitely looks balls to the wall action like oh yeah unapologetically like this is superheroes this is how Russia's gonna do them we're not gonna look like the american version but we're gonna have fun now though there is a little the cgi is a little weedy in places but this doesn't come out till next year this is february yeah. 2017 in russia i don't like the dubbing i think i'm gonna do it with subtitles uh, Either way, we need to do a service to our audience and watch this as soon as physically possible, and we're going to talk about this movie because the trailer just looks like so much fun, and it just looks so unique. And I think it, I think it has the 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 power of have a having a bit of like a foreign mystique around it. I don't really know much about uh, Russian cinema. I'm sure there's lots of esoteric art films that come out of there, but I know nothing about blockbusters coming out of Russia at all. It's, it's so funny I, you mention that because my final year in film school, I took three Russian film classes in the same oh semester. My, oh my God. <laughs> they're, they're, Russia used to put out a lot of movies before they became like Soviet and then became propaganda-ish. Um, mm-hmm. There's... A, there's a series come out of there called Nightwatch and Daywatch. Um, they're about vampires. Mm-hmm. Nightwatch, I recommend to everyone who, if you love, if you want to see some Russian movies that are like unapologetically awesome, like <laughs> Nightwatch is the one to do it because the subtitles in it are awesome. Like they blend into the, the screen. Like it's not on the bottom of the screen. Like there's like red blood in the water and then it turns into the words and then fades back into the water kind of thing. Like, Okay, well, maybe I might be getting this wrong and just totally mixing this up just because yeah. I remember snow being in the movie, so maybe I'm totally wrong. But wasn't there a movie about vampires, like, in the snow? You're talking was that 30 Days movie? of Night. Um, was that not it? Am I totally off here? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, actually a comic book-based movie. Um, and it had, uh, um, oh, man, he was in The Faculty. Uh, uh, Josh Hartnett was in that yeah so well just because you're bringing up vampires and i'm just thinking no. snow and i'm just like no, vampires th- and snow it's got to be russian right no <laughs> no this is this is more of like a, a constantine kind of like he's a vampire hunter kind of guy oh, it, gotcha. it's, it's night watch is awesome if you get a chance to watch it you can watch the dub version it's fine i prefer the original subtitle version where they're hard-coded into the movie like that but um mm-hmm. guardians is blowing my mind and it's the next russian movie i gotta watch 
Yeah, either way, it's always surprising to see blockbuster CGI movies come out of any country because we just always assume they always come from America. And every once in a while, we kind of see one that kind of crops out of China and it just always looks really crazy. And obviously, there's weird stuff that comes out of Japan all the time and that never surprises us for a second. But seeing something like this coming out of Russia... Man, all you have to see is that bear with that Gatling gun in your soul. There, yeah. you know that's all you. Ha- that's all you need to worry about. It's this, amazing. Yeah, this is this is the movie that you didn't know you want to watch until you see the exactly. trailer. Exactly, and then you're like, I gotta watch this. Yeah, so that that's everybody. That's everybody's homework for the week is to uh, go to superheroslate.com, check out our show notes, and get the link to the trailer for Guardians because it just looks like so much fun. Yeah, it it does. I agree. So. That is actually it for the show this week. We were able to manage to, to turn this into long long show notes. I think talking about Beauty and the Beast actually is the longest thing we talked about, which is <laughs> hilarious for, for this show. But um, in the meantime, you know, seeing as this is, I guess, our 101st episode, we tried something new last week with our Facebook videos. Went great. We love it. We're going to keep doing it. Um, but where else... Mike, can people find your stuff? You're making some intros for this video. Where can people see your other work at too? Well, if they wanna, if they wanna check out my stuff, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram. And if you wanna read my web comics, you can always read those at pickledcomics.com. Chris, I'm sure that you had uh, a great time at Fluentog, but also I saw that you put up a pretty nice snapshot of your uh, your mm-hmm. comic book shelf with some pretty pretty cool pop vinyls on it. I'm sure people want to see a little bit of that behind the scenes. Where can they get that at? Yes, so that's actually my movie shelf, uh, not my comic books, um, but you can find that on uh, Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or uh, on Comic UI. Um, I was actually cleaning the windows and had to move the movie shelf to get the window out, so... Mm-hmm. Um, took everything down, rearranged it, put it back up. It's all pretty and nice now. So. That's all. That's always a fun. That's always a fun chore when you have to like reorganize your movie or comic book shelf. Yeah, it, it would definitely. Um, I, I was able to get Stan Lee's pop up by my Stan Lee photo wearing, wearing a shirt Mike made called Dat Mass uh, with Stan Lee. <laughs> I did that just for Mike before, before yes. way before we started the show. Um, yes. So there's that. Uh, in the meantime. If people want to see more about Superhero Slate and what we do, or maybe, you know, where else we are located, if they're happening to listen to us on Facebook and want to get regular updates, Mike, where can they do that? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues that we host this show and also to get our show notes for every episode so you can follow along and look at all these links of all this cool stuff that we're talking about. You can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, not SoundClown, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe to us right in uh, email. Get, Get us right in your email inbox. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, we do our best to make this in a video format as well because sometimes subscribing to stuff can be a hassle for some. So why not just click play and watch a video of it and, and see some of our beautiful stuff pop up right in front of your faces. Uh, it's it's uh, been a blast. If you guys are fans of the show, uh, please consider leaving us a review, uh, liking, subscribing, whatever minutia people always tell you to do after videos as well. Yeah. And also, if you're if you're a fan of the show, just share it with a friend, share it with a buddy, and uh, spread the love of Superhero Slate. And like I always say, we'll be here every week, rain or shine. Uh, we'll find a way, even if there's a massive earthquake along the fault line of the San Andreas. Because yesterday I was bored during the day and I watched uh, San Andreas with The Rock because it was on HBO Now. Oh, Lord. Uh, it's, it's, a re- it's a ridiculous disaster movie. But even if a ridiculous disaster like that happened, I'm still going to find a way to do the show. <laughs> That's right. We are, we are dedicated to the cause. 
Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for the show. Um, I guess we'll catch everybody next week. And um, if you have uh, any any notes you want to send us as well, feel free to, to send them our way. So we'll do that. All right. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I feel like you're setting me up for like a really bad joke, but I honestly, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know where to find Windows screen.